Let me ask you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. And while you're turning, uh, let me encourage you to come tonight at 5 o'clock uh, <clears throat> to the Great Hall. Uh, Reverend Perry Bowers will be uh, speaking to us, and uh, it's a great way to kind of uh, end the first portion of our, our D night where we've been talking about walk across the room and uh, head into our missions conference this next uh, week after this. So um, we'd encourage you to be out for that uh, special speaker this evening. Last summer, speaking of the Great Hall, when we were uh, meeting in the Great Hall, some renovations were being done uh, here in the sanctuary. I presented to our congregation Vision 2017, and uh, you hear me quote that uh, uh, rather frequently in terms of where we believe by God's grace that uh, we are headed. As I began the first of a two-part message uh, concerning that uh, this summer, I, I began in this way. And I'm only saying this because uh, uh, some of you weren't yet in the church at this time. At that time, we were still uh, finishing up the building, and actually the very next day, they were coming to move our double-wides, which is where our youth had met for uh, some 10 years it's almost hard to imagine what it looked like down there now that we've gotten kind of used to it. But here, here was my question then that, uh, uh, pertaining to that, because we were giving those uh, double-wides to a, a small church out in Lugoff, and uh, I trust that they're, they're getting a lot of use out of them now. My question was this, what if this week not only those double-wides disappeared from uh, St. Andrew's Road, but what if our church disappeared? What would be the reaction to that? I'm quite sure the people in our community would notice at least there's a big vacant lot, and uh, as they cross the dam, those that know they can see the building, and at least I always take a peek over here and make sure it's still here, you know, when I'm crossing the dam, because uh, it's the one building you can see. But what would be the, the reaction of our community? Would they notice our disappearance other than the empty lot? What would they miss about us? If unbelievers noticed, would they be happy we were gone or say, well, I'm going to miss them? I'm sorry, St. Andrew's Presbyterian is gone. Let me share with you, even beyond that, some dreams of mine. What if people in our community, when driving by the church, looked over and they didn't just say, well, that's a, that's a nice-looking church or 
uh, yeah, they did a good job with the building, or that looks like a big church on the hill, or anything like that. What if when they looked over, they said, I am thankful to God for St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church? What if that were their reaction? What if people in various parts of the world that know about us, when they hear the name St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church, what if they said, I am thankful to God for the ministry of St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church? Now, you need to know that there are some people in our community that that is their reaction. There are some people in other parts of the world that that is their reaction. I've been told that specifically. But my dream is that that would increase and it would increase so that that would be the overwhelming reaction. You notice that I don't say that I I thank St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church because my dream would be that, that whenever they see us, it turns them to focus upon God and they say, I'm thankful to God for what He's doing through the ministries of St. Andrew's Presbyterian. That He would become more famous, that His glory would be increased as people recognize that he's working through a little group of people here at St. Andrews. How can that happen? Let me read to you the text in Matthew 5. Jesus said this, beginning with verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father Who is in heaven? That is our verse of the year for 2013. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's bow together. Lord, may it be so that our light would so shine. Will you show us the opportunities before us? Will you remind us that that is our calling? We look to you for this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Now, in January, I first introduced our, our verse of the year pertaining to this. So we're not going to go into as much depth with it uh, this time. Uh, We talked about the nature of the light, the only appropriate use of the light, and the results of the light. 
one of the applications uh, for us was us seeking to reach out. And we've had a great study in uh, D-Night during January. But I want us to look at the verse of the year now with a different kind of application. And that application is pertaining to our missions conference uh, that begins next week. Now, what we uh, do here in terms of our conference is uh, we will have uh, special speakers next Sunday morning and evening, and then on Wednesday, and then we'll have our activities on uh, that next Saturday, and then a special speaker uh, that next Sunday morning as well. All of them with a focus upon global missions, and we'll define global missions here in just a moment. We're looking at uh, possibly this next year having rather than one missions conference, but uh, having periodic times during the year where we will have a a day of focus so that it's uh, before us even more often. In terms of our verse of the year, we see, first of all, the light is identified. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. Now, the implication there is that we live in a dark world. If that's the case, our being identified as the light doesn't indicate how important we are, but it indicates how great God is. All through the Old Testament, we see uh, whenever it talks about the light that is coming, it was pointing to the Messiah. It was pointing to the uh, anointed one, and that was Jesus. And then Jesus came. When he came, he said, I am the light, John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, how does that work? If he's the light, why does it say you are the light of the world? Well, it's because Jesus ascended into heaven. He went to where he needs to be. He is at the right hand of the Father. If he had ascended into heaven and he was there and he didn't leave a light behind, the world would be cast into a spiritual darkness again. And so he did what one author calls the great gamble. He made us the light. He said, now, because I'm not here any longer, you, you are the light of the world. If there is to be light in this world, it is through you. He could have done it directly. He could have stayed had he wanted to. He had a different plan. And the plan was for flawed people, forgiven sinners, to be the light in the dark world. That's why that author calls it a gamble. That's pretty risky. Unless you're a great God. And you can see that regardless of how weak 
your vessels are, your will shall be done in the world. And that's what, that's what he did. And it's in the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's how it works. We could be the most sinful congregation around. We could have the least resources. We could have the least talents, the least gifts. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, he redeems those things and uses his people in order to carry out his plan. Now, as we've been going through the book of Acts, chapter by chapter, in previous weeks, I realize that for the most part, we apply it to our church, how God is building his church and so on. Now we're stepping back. We're looking at the bigger picture. And that is him building his church and his kingdom in the world. Then in the next verses, we see the right use of the light defined. A city on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Now, here's what it looked like when the early church let its light shine. It's similar to what I read to you uh, last week in the letter to Diogenetus. Uh, one historian wrote this about two different plagues that, took place uh, early in history in 165 and 251. So this is after the church is beginning to get up and, and to get on its feet and to, to move forward. It's not in the earliest days of the church. But with those plagues, they swept the Roman Empire. They killed about a third of the population and here's what the historian says about the reaction of the Christians. He says, The willingness of Christians to care for others was put on dramatic public display. Pagans tried to avoid all contact with the afflicted, often casting the still living into the gutters. That's what the pagans did. Christians, on the other hand, nursed the sick, even though some of those Christians died doing so. Christians also were visible and valuable during the frequent natural and social disasters afflicting the Greco-Roman world. Earthquakes, famines, floods, riots, civil wars, and invasions. Even in healthier times, the pagan emperor Julian noted that the followers of the way, that's what he called Christians, support not only their poor, but ours as well. They didn't do works of mercy just so people would see them. But people couldn't help but see them when they did works of mercy because nobody else was doing it. They became conspicuous to the world. They were salt and they were light by following Christ. And then in verse 16, we see the glorious results of a shining light. Uh, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Ultimately, that's, that's the purpose. Is that not that 
People will say, you all have a great church. But so the people will say, you must serve a great God by your actions. That's what we've determined. Now, let's, let's figure out how this applies to our uh, Global Missions Conference. In Vision 2017, we see helping people to know Jesus Christ as including global missions. This is a quote from it. Through our denomination, the the PCA, and other biblical avenues, we educate about the world, encourage the support of missions and missionaries, and actually participate in missions at home and throughout the world. We desire to be a supporting and sending church in order to work towards our purpose to help people Know Jesus Christ. While missions are global, we will have focus areas where we will go deeper, more frequently, and support more thoroughly. So what is this world? What is this global? What are we talking about? Is this somewhere over there? John Wesley said this. I look upon all the world as my parish. By the way, that's our parish too, all the world. Thus far, I mean that in whatever part uh, of it I am, I judge it right and my bounden duty to declare unto all that are willing to hear the glad tidings of salvation. So where's the, the globe begin? Where does your mission field begin? where your skin ends. (laughs) How's that? That's it. Right there. Right outside of you. That's global missions. Don't get the idea or fall into the trap of thinking global missions is somewhere you got to get on an airplane to go do. Now that's part of it, and we can't ignore that part. But it's beyond that. It begins right here. Now, I'm going to give you a simple way to respond to missions. And this is what we are looking at with our conference. Because for some of you, I realize some of you are saying, oh, you know what, I've never really been interested in missions. We're going to address that in a minute. Some of you may say, well, I don't, I don't even get missions. I don't know how I could be involved. I'm not going to, you know, go raise money and over to Bulgaria or China. I, I can't do that. Here's the simple way to be involved. And this is what we're going to look at the next two weeks. Give, go, and pray. Give, go, and pray. And everyone in this room can be involved in all of those. What's our motivation? To let our light shine before others. It was mentioned earlier in terms of giving that we use faith mission giving. Some churches call that faith promise giving. uh, and, And we use those terms interchangeably. I want to encourage you to look over the insert 
this, this week, the, this purple one here. Because uh, it, it basically explains it, and it begins by saying fifth, faith mission giving is giving not based upon money people have. Rather, it's an encouragement to exercise faith in the Lord for the amount each person believes God would have them give month by month for the support of reaching our world for Christ. And then there's Scripture there, 2 Corinthians 9. Faith mission giving is a commitment in the Lord in which we promise to give the amount of money as the Lord provides over and above our regular giving to the global missions ministry of our church. Now that's, that's what we do here. Uh, we budget for our denomination and, and supporting and that type of thing. But in terms of uh, uh, our missionaries, we support that with faith, mission, giving. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to read the insert. If you're married, I want you to talk to your spouse about how much you can trust the Lord to give you this year that you then will give back to the Lord. And then come next week ready to write down an amount that he's leading you to give. Now, here's what I want to encourage this year. Everyone, every single member to trust the Lord for something. It's just a small step. We have people here that, that uh, uh, write down, by the way, we don't have any names on the cards, so we're not going to track you down if you, you know, if you don't give the money or anything like that. We, just, <clears throat> we actually have you turn it in only for budgeting purposes because our, our missions team is also, by faith, trusting the Lord to bring that money in. And here's what I want to encourage is everyone to turn in a card and look, I don't care if all you say is, I am going to step out on faith and trust the Lord for one extra dollar this year. That's okay. If you, if you didn't trust him for any extra dollars last year, that's a step in the right direction. Maybe it's a dollar a month. Maybe it's $10 a month. But I want to encourage everyone to pray about what, what really can I trust the Lord? And here's how I, I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to ask, what can I spare? I want you to ask, what will it take? What will it take to spread the glorious gospel that has me on my way to eternity with God, but at this moment there are many who are on their way to eternity without God. And so ask him to tell you how he will provide. And you can read in the pamphlet of various ways God provides, and we'll hear more about it next week. But I'd ask you to pray about it. What can you trust him for? And then secondly, go. So we give and we go. Now, I'm going to tell you three ways to fulfill that. 
Some of you will be called to go to the mission field. That's right. Some of you are going to be called to go on a mission journey. Those are our short-term trips that we take. A week from this next Wednesday, we're going to have a meal in the Great Hall, and all of the, the mission journey opportunities are going to be presented. And that's, that's a great evening. You will see the various places in the United States and throughout the world where uh, you can go by way of fulfilling. And many of you, he will be calling to take part in that. Some of you will be called to go to the mission field. That's right. I stopped there. Some of you, I am praying, will be called to go to the mission field. We had two great examples in front of us today. The Elliots. How long have you been a missionary? Two and a half years. Now, he's no spring chicken. Let's just face it, okay? I'm not saying anything about Tammy. I wouldn't dare. Talking about Gary. Here is a couple who could have stayed here, I'm sure, had a great career and retired. And they could have served the Lord here. But somewhere along the line, they opened up their heart and, and they were willing if, if God would lead them. And you know what? I know from talking with them, that was not without sacrifice. They have children and grandchildren. You know what kind of uh, anchors in the positive sense those are. And yet, they listen to God. And some of you, that may be the case. Alice is another one. They started their marriage on the mission field. And she's always had a heart for China. And God is granting that. Some of you, he will call to the mission field. And some of you are called to go locally. Remember right outside your skin? We have a school across the street where we have opportunity to minister through school time Bible and, and uh, throughout the year we're exploring other ways. And look at the insert. Here's a way we can impact our community where we can do that which will be conspicuous, not because we're trying to be conspicuous, but because we desire to have an impact upon those around us in the name of Christ, to let our light shine, to be salt. We recognize that global Missions is not truly global if all we think of is going overseas. Remember Wesley, the world is my parish. And so it's a calling. Where is he calling you? And then thirdly, to pray. To give, to go, and to pray. During our conference, we'll have opportunity for those of you uh, not going on journeys 
to sign up to be prayer partners for those who go. Some of you will want to give some money to somebody going on a journey to help them go because you're not called or physically you just can't go on a journey yourself. That's all right. You can give toward them. You can pray for them. You'll have opportunity to sign up to be prayer partners for various missionaries. And I know how essential that is. And then on Sunday, March 3rd in the evening, the last night of our conference during D-night, we're going to have a time of prayer for our global outreach throughout the world. That will be our focus. And you know what? That one's not less important than giving. It may be more important as we pray for our missionaries. It's an opportunity. I hope you understand that God's very heart is for this world and it's in missions. Even though it might sound spiritual, we must not say, well, I have a heart for my city and for the U.S., and God will give others a heart for other parts of the world. If you say that, all you're saying is this. I'm reflecting maybe 3% of God's heart. <laughs> That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, I know he's concerned about the whole, but I'm, I'm concerned about this. You see, all of us are responsible locally and globally. All of us. Because that's where God's heart is. Not everyone can go everywhere. But we should always do whatever we can to see God's plan lived out throughout this world, which is his. He owns it. And so if you find yourself saying, you know, I, I don't think I have a heart for it, you need to go to the one who gives a heart for it. You need to ask him in that area of your spiritual life where you need to grow, God, will you grow my mission's heart? Will you help me to, to, to care for people in other parts of the world, not look down on them, not think what I can take them, but to care for them? Because without Christ, they're lost. And care for those next door and in your own home. Not just to be conspicuous, but because he's called us to be a light in our neighborhood, in our home, in our school. Let's pray to that end. Father, we thank you for your, your word and your heart that has called us to have that, that great concern. Thank you for risking for your big gamble to use us. And then thank you for equipping us. God, will you, will you let us see the world more as you see it rather than through our own little eyes? Will you cause our hearts to be broken by the, the very things that break your heart? 
And will you, Lord, let the light of Christ who lives in me be seen by those around me? Will you? We ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.